Um, last week we had talked about, especially during, as Eliza mentioned, during this time of uh, holidays, is keeping our focus on the main thing. And so um, we're going to do uh, part two of that this week, talking about the main thing. So last week we had talked about a uh, passage from Matthew 28, uh, looking at the main thing. So let's take a look at that again. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus, this is after he's resurrected from the dead, speaking to his disciples, says, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you were here last week, we had talked about how this is the most important thing that we can do with our life, is to be able to share about Jesus, to be able to share about uh, the one who is the author of life and the one who generates and gives us new life. And for us to be able to share that, that's the most meaningful thing that we can do with our life. Today, I want to look at a different aspect of Matthew 28, because when we look at Matthew 28 and look at the Great Commission, often we think about sharing the gospel, and certainly this involves sharing the gospel and sharing about what Jesus has done for us and being able to invite people to invite Jesus into their life, right? And to ultimately make a decision to follow him and to become a Christian. But when we look at Matthew 28, that's actually not all that's involved here, right? Well, let's look at it again. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, therefore, and go make disciples. He doesn't say go make converts, go make Christians, go make disciples. So there's actually more involved in this great commission than just sharing your faith and having people make a decision for Jesus. Really, when we look at this, really what Jesus is calling us to do is to walk together with people. And we had talked about last time is that the church is called a family. And I think that I like that description about the church being a family because it's something that we do together, that we value each other as brothers and sisters, like literally as our family. And when we think about that, inviting people to be a part of our family, you don't invite someone to be a part of your family and then just ignore them. Right? And just leave them and say, okay, you just go ahead and do whatever you want to do. I'm going to go ahead and live my life. I'm really glad you became a Christian, but see you later. Maybe I'll see you in heaven. Right? That's not the approach that we want to take when we share the gospel, that we want to walk together. And there should be, there be different you know, varieties of what that might look like, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples. Okay, so when we look at this, I'm going to share a, kind of a slide that we had looked at a few months ago. So this is the slide that we looked at, okay? And we talked about if you're maturing as a Christian, you're going to have three different relationships in your life, okay? And this is true. When you're thinking about your faith and you're thinking about growing and you're thinking about maturing, you want to think about having three different levels of relationships in your life as a Christian, Okay, so the top level is that you want to be mentored by somebody. Okay, you want to be mentored by somebody. That's the first level of relationship. Okay, this is what happens when you first become a Christian, that you don't know exactly how to live the Christian life, that you want to be mentored or discipled by another person. Okay, this person is going to walk together with you and show you how to live the Christian life. Okay, that's the first level. 
Next, you want to have peer relationships. You want to have relationships horizontally with people around you. This is where we have small groups and Bible studies. This is what we're doing right now as we're gathering together corporately. We're having peer relationships where you have relationships with other fellow brothers and sisters that you're connecting together with. Okay, you need to have the top relationship where someone is pouring into. You need to have the peer relationship where you're growing together, serving together, worshiping together. Uh, as ironing, sharpening iron together, you're doing that together as a body. Okay, then the third level of relationship is that you want to disciple another person. Okay, if you don't have all three levels, there's something missing in your Christian walk. If you don't have all three levels going on in your life, you will not experience, I think, the fullness that God calls us to in being a Christian. We have to be able to be put ourselves in position so that we can receive. We need to receive from other people. We need to receive from other people who are different from us, who have different experiences from us, who have different giftings from us, who have different things that the Lord has shown them and experienced in their life, and we need to receive. We also need to do that together. We need to learn together and serve together and do that together as a body. We also need to pour that out. We also need to be able to be on the end where we are the ones giving. Okay. So when we think about these three different relationships, you can think about your own life and think about, what do I have? Do I have all of these things present in my life? And a lot of times we look at this and say, like, okay, I'm missing this or I'm missing that or I'm missing this. But what I would say is that a lot of these times you don't have all three all at the same time. Okay? A lot of times life, and life is like this, the Christian life is like this, it's in seasons, Okay, so for instance, for me, sometimes I don't have someone mentoring me or someone I'm receiving from. Sometimes I'm not in a position where I'm discipling. The one where you need to have at all times is the middle one. Okay, there will be seasons where you don't have someone mentoring. There will be seasons where you're not mentoring or discipling. But you should always have that second level, that peer relationship. Okay, that's a constant, right, no matter what season. But the other ones come in seasons, Okay, and we need to recognize what season God is calling us to. I think it's really important. I like to think about life in terms of seasons because seasons are things that God is highlighting and wanting or desiring for you at this moment. So maybe that's someone pouring into you. You need to be in that receiving season right now. Maybe you're in a situation where that's what God has for you, that he wants you into a place where you can come in to receive from him through other people. Um, there's various times in my life where I've had this, and I think that what I want to share about this is different examples of what this looks like, because I think a lot of times we think about discipling our mentor, and we think that, oh, this person has to have it all, right? They have to have everything together. They have to have, like, all of the knowledge, all of the experience, and that's what prevents us a lot of times from stepping into that position of being a mentor, being a disciple. Like, oh, I'm not ready for that. I need to learn more. I need to experience more. I need to uh, mature more. I need to know the Bible better. I need to know. We have all of these different thoughts that prevent us from stepping into this kind of role. Well, I want to stand here to say that that is a wrong picture of what we should view discipleship or mentorship. That's not the view that I think that we should really have. And let me give you a few examples to help you kind of redefine that. So I've had mentors in my life who are not really officially mentors. They don't know that they're mentoring me. 
but yet I'm learning and receiving from them. Okay, so let me give you an example. So there was a guy in my previous church, okay, and he was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say like an outcast, but he was like very free, right? Very free, and one of the reasons, one of the ways that he really displayed that is that he was very generous, very generous, and just surprisingly so. Like we'd go out and there'd be a big group of us and then he would like pay for all of us for lunch. Or like, I remember when um, my cousin was visiting from the East Coast, uh, we had taken her to Disneyland. And uh, this particular friend of mine, he loves Disneyland. He has an annual pass and he was there all the time. He was super bummed during this COVID time where he can't go to Disneyland. He was very depressed by that. But anyway, so he loved Disneyland. He'd go there all the time, like daily. He'd go every day. He'd go every day to walk and to do different things or whatever. And so he had found out that my cousin was here uh, from the East Coast, and we were taking them to Disneyland. And so he asked me, hey, can we, can we come too? Uh, can we meet you guys there? And I'm like, sure, why not, right? So we are there, and then uh, my friend and his wife came. And when they came, um, they came and they found us at a particular uh, ride, and they were in, were in line. But what they did was they had bought this like food pass, okay? So they had this pass at California Adventure where there's all these different booths with all these different food things. And you could buy a pass where you can go and get different, different things from each one of these different food booths. So he bought the pass for my whole family. And I was just so shocked like that he would come here. He doesn't know my cousin at all. He doesn't know him, my cousin and their family, but he came and then he did that. And then when I've looked at that and different things like in his life, he really was mentoring me about generosity. I learned from him. God used him to show me, to display his heart and how generous he is. He used him in his life to show me like, this is what my heart looks like. This is what the heart of God looks like. This is what God does and how he demonstrates love, that he's a generous God. He doesn't give with stinginess. He doesn't give withholding. He doesn't give and say like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to give that or, oh, maybe that's a little bit too much. No, God is generous God. How did I learn that? I can learn that in the Bible, but I learned it through my friend's life. Now, was my friend mentoring me? Like we kind of picture mentoring or discipling me? No, he wasn't. We were just friends together. And yet, I learned from him. And in this area of generosity, he mentored me. He was a mentor to me. And I told him that. And I told him, he was kind of surprised because he's like, I've never talked to you about that. <laughs> you know, I've never talked to you about, about generosity or giving or anything like that. But yet, he mentored me. And I've had many situations like that where different people have different gifts, have different experiences, have different things that the Lord blessed them with where they've mentored me in my life. It hasn't been official. It hasn't been like, hey, can you mentor me in this one area? I, I never asked any of those people any of those things. Yet there were certain things in certain parts of their life where I learned and they mentored me. And when we look at mentorship, a lot, of, a lot of ways it's like that. It's whatever you have and whatever you've experienced, whatever you carry naturally in your life, God can use. You can use that to be a mentor to other people. So we need to receive that, 
We need to recognize that we have that. And sometimes it is more kind of like formal where you're asking someone to mentor people or asking to disciple other people or to receive that. Sometimes it is like that. And I have that too. There's many people that I'm actually discipling or mentoring. Okay? But I'm also receiving. I'm also receiving that as well. This picture here that we have on the slide is discipleship. This is what Matthew 28 is calling us to do. Matthew 28 is calling us to first be, have an invitation so we can even become a disciple. The first step in becoming a disciple is to receive Jesus. We can't be a follower of Jesus without Jesus, right? That's the first step in discipleship is conversion, is making a decision for Christ. But after that, it looks something like this, where we're doing discipleship where we're receiving from people, where we're getting uh, mutual uh, edification, that we're doing that and, and loving each other and supporting each other and growing together like we're doing right now. And then we're pouring out. We need to have all three levels going on in our life as a disciple. And then when we meet other people who are new to the faith, showing them that this is what they need to experience also as a disciple. That we need to have that situation where we're constantly receiving from God and from other people. We're sharing that we're doing that together and then we're pouring it out. You have to have all three. You have to have all three. If you're only receiving and you're never pouring out, you're going to be limited. You're going to be limited. God has built it in where we come and to receive, and when we pour it out, we can receive to a greater amount. We can receive to a greater abundance. But if you never pour out, you're never going to put yourself in a situation to receive more because God wants us to use what he's given. God blesses us not just for ourselves, but to bless other people. So when you receive, give. And like we said, and like I give different examples, it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be like, I know everything about the Christian faith. But I know this. <laughs> I know this much. God has done this much in my life. Let me share that. Let me share that with a friend. Let me share that with a coworker. Let me share that with someone. Let me come alongside with them and to mentor them in this area. Something. And it, it doesn't have to come from you. It's just whatever God is doing. And so when we look at Matthew 28, that this is kind of an important aspect for us when we think about the Great Commission is that part of that is us going and doing that. So uh, I wanted to kind of transition right now and to give you guys an application step. That's very important when we give a message. And uh, I'm going to invite Stephen up here. And Stephen is actually the, the founder and director of Mentor for Change uh, that we had mentioned. And he's going to share about a little bit about Mentor for Change and to give that as, as an opportunity for us to kind of pour out, okay? Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Steve, uh, Steve Yu uh, from Mentor for Change, just as uh, Pastor Sam mentioned. And I, I love this flow chart. Uh, I went to uh, Fuller Theological Seminary, and uh, one of my favorite uh, seminary professors, Bobby Clinton, he, he also has a very similar diagram like this. Uh, it's important to be mentored, to have peer mentors, and to be mentoring people who are coming up in the next generation. Um, but before I go into uh, the what of mentor for, mentor for Change and 
uh, the application or the opportunity for you to mentor uh, people in our community, I I'd like to share with you uh, the why of why we exist. Uh, so I'm, I'm originally from LA County. I, I grew up in Hacienda Heights, Diamond Bar, Walnut, Monterey Park, all over LA County. And um, you know, as a youth, I made a lot of stupid mistakes, uh, bad choices, and it led me uh, to incarceration multiple times, uh, two striker. Uh, my dad's a pastor, so I was a typical PK. Uh, my dad, he got a call to ministry to Jacksonville, Florida. And um, going to Florida, I, I followed along with him. Uh, and uh, with my, my parents uh, right after I, I came out uh, after serving a year. And there was this one evening where, where I was just depressed, you know, because I, I barely, I graduated from LA County Probationary School. Uh, I, I felt like a loser. I had nothing going for my life. I was now an adult while all my other friends uh, back at home, they, they were doing something with their life, right? Uh, but one particular night I saw uh, a documentary on Mariah Carey. Uh, of all people, Mariah Carey, right? And she, um, she shared in this documentary that uh, she became the talented singer that she became because she practiced a lot. And I was like, maybe I can become like Mariah Carey one day. Because my mom was a classically, um, a classically trained singer. And so uh, I, I went to my mom and I asked her, hey, could you hear me and, and see if you know, I have potential? And my mom said, she, she heard me sing and she was like, yes, you do, right? But I think she was lying. She was just saying that. And, and so I went immediately, I went to the uh, nearby junior college. I, I applied and for two years, I did exceptionally well for the first time in my educational career. And it's because I found a passion for something that I never had before. And during that period, I surrounded myself uh, with mentors. Um, and because of those mentors, the trajectory of my life completely changed. And I was able to transfer back to LA. I attended the University of Southern California without ever having taken my SATs. Because at that time, USC didn't require uh, SATs for transfer students. And so even that information, gaining that type of information, it was through the mentors that I had. And you know, just through my career development, after going to um, the, to SE and then working at a, a, a bank as an SBA loan officer, and then going from there to Uganda and then working with the microfinance uh, institution for a year, coming back, going to seminary, becoming a pastor, doing ministry for 10 years, it was all because of the mentors in my life. And I think each one of us can attest to that, right? We sit here today because of the people who spoke truth into our lives. When correction was needed, we listened, and it guided us in the right path. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I, I joined the ministry in 2009, and I, I was uh, pastoring a parachurch in Lincoln Heights called uh, Cross Trainers, reaching out to underserved youth. And during that time, um, we were just pouring into these kids, about 80, we were engaging with 80 kids a week, and we, we saw the spiritual transformation happening in, in, in some of these kids' lives. But as we saw that, like several years passed, and we, we were thinking, well, even though they're growing a, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, they're still not accessing their full potential. They're still getting Fs, Ds, Cs, barely getting by, right? And so we began asking, what could we do 
to make a holistic impact on these kids that God has called us to love upon. And so we started this organization called, uh, at that time it was called Connect Lincoln Heights, uh, but we changed our name to Mentor for Change because we wanted to give youth the opportunity to access their potential. And so the mission statement of Mentor for Change is to unlock the potential in every youth through career-based mentoring. Essentially what we do is we connect youth with working professionals who are living out their career aspirations. Because a lot of us, we grow up in like, well, or I don't wanna assume, but most Asians grow up in more affluent neighborhoods, right? That's true. And given that we grow up in more affluent neighborhoods, we have more access to working professionals. And so knowing a doctor, an attorney, a teacher, physician's assistant, computer programmer, those are all normal things that we take for granted. And by having those relationships, we get to see and have this tangible experience of what it's like to be these type of working professionals. But for youth who grow up in underserved neighborhoods, they don't have that access. And so what we wanna do is connect, be that bridge so that the youth in underserved communities can have that tangible opportunity to knowing a working professional who's living out their career aspiration. So what we do is we connect youth with working professionals and we walk them through a one-year mentoring journey. The first eight months, we uh, connect them or we provide professional development workshops. Uh, so that's once a month. The mentor and mentee attend professional development workshops and those include Strength Finder, Regulating Anger and Anxiety, Mock Interview Resume Building, uh, Community Assessment, Asset-Based Transformation, so on and so forth. So for, so for the first eight months, that's what they do. The last four months, they develop a community service project utilizing everything that they've learned in the past eight months and incorporating the profession of their mentor. They present their community service projects in front of all of our stakeholders, in front of uh, their families, friends, and each of the graduates from our program who graduate from high school and, go, uh, and show verification of uh, enrollment in higher education receive $1,000 in college scholarship. And the student who develops the most effective community service project develop, or receives an additional $1,000 uh, college scholarship. This year, uh, Supervisor Hilda Solis, who actually, this district covers that area, uh, she's sponsoring 10 of our students this year for uh, 10,000, she's committed $10,000 uh, to provide us college scholarship. And so the reason why I'm here is because I wanna present the opportunity for you to have this, tan to make this tangible impact on a youth's life and, and to be a mentor. Um, I don't know how much time, how, how much time do I have? Do, am I okay? Okay, okay. Um, I'd like to show a video. If, if you guys, it's like five to, uh, I'm lying, it's about seven to eight minutes. So uh, we'll, we'll see this video and then uh, you'll, and then afterwards I'll show you the faces of the mentees who are in our program uh, for this cohort. And it starts in January. always told there it is before you and if you really work hard you can actually achieve your dreams your aspirations your goals right well all young people tend to have those uh, especially in a very supportive environment but that reality of making that dream real isn't always accessible 
We were just noticing that the number one response was, I need a job, and not just a mid job, but you know, something I can grow in. I just simply began asking the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they would be like, oh, I want to be a restaurant owner. I want to be a rapper. You know, I want to be a real estate agent, doctor, police officer, right? And it came to mind that they're not able to take advantage of the academic resources in their community because they don't have a tangible reality of the career aspirations. And so how do we bridge that gap for these youth to have that day-to-day -day interaction with these working professionals so that their career aspiration becomes a reality. I've been very fortunate that doors have always been open enough for me. And that isn't because I had the skills and abilities I feel like I always had, but sometimes I needed somebody to open that door. As we got to know our students, we realized the most powerful way that we could help them to become change makers in their own lives is to help them stay in school, transition into higher education if that's what they wanted to do, and then help them to identify you know, what those goals are. So Mentor for Change is a nonprofit organization that serves the youth in Northeast LA. And our mission is really simple. It's to unlock the potential of every youth through career-based mentoring. Ultimately, we connect youth with working professionals based on the careers that they aspire to be. And they'll become a part of a cohort, which includes 10 to 15 mentors and mentees. And they'll go through a one-year program facilitated through professional development workshops. They present their community service projects to all of our stakeholders, and upon graduation, we offer the kids a $1,000 college scholarship. Since 2013, we've serviced 53 students, and 100% of our students who have graduated from MFC are first-generation college students. We've seen the impact, and so our vision is to provide this program all over LA County. Mentor for Change gives young people the tools and the confidence to make change around their communities. Oftentimes, the goals that we set for ourselves can be very intimidating. Having a mentor can at least give you some guidance and that just makes things easier and more motivating to accomplish the things that we wanna do. And so when they engage other individuals outside of their world experience, that opens up uh, uh, horizons that they never really had a thought about because they had, haven't had that experience. You kind of have a sense of what can I do better? How can I like improve myself? Because change is constant and that's important not only as a mentor, but it's also in a big organization too because you want to be enough so that you can help people and then it kind of has that domino effect. Being in a program that's there to help and guide you and give you that tender support has developed my character when I want to go help someone at school. And so a big part of the mentor's journey is helping their mentee to develop a sense of agency, right? It's not just that someone else is going to do for me and then it'll get done. It's that I'm going to learn how to do for myself. I'm going to learn how to research that problem. I'm going to learn how to get connected with the people I need to get connected with to apply for that next opportunity. And for the students who have really taken those principles that we've taught and uh, applied it to their lives, I see them thriving. I see them seeking out new mentors for their, every new stage of their lives. They really helped me become more confident in my accomplishments and to really advocate and to market myself. Everyone in Mentor for Change, they really believe they're very passionate in what they do and all, all I felt from being part of them was just consistent love and support. It unleashes the power of the young people to say, well, I can do this, I can do that. People will really listen. I really worked on something that's tangible and can have immediate impact. Wow, we all want to have that.
And so I think it really is transformative for the individual, the mentor, and ultimately the community at large. So I kind of used to think my life is very like struggling and traumatic. Like, is my life always going to be so complicated? And I would go to school and I would feel embarrassed because I felt like, am I like this ghetto kid? Like, <laughs> you know, so I would ask my mentor, I'd be like, hey, what do you think about this? And she would give me these very encouraging messages that I still like appreciate because I don't always have a lot of encouragement at home. And my, my mentor is like my best friend, to be honest. She was there to kind of walk me through things, even advice that has nothing to do with school. She's kind of been my mom. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there too. I've seen the happy stories, and then I've seen the more tragic sides. And because of that, I didn't want that to be the end for any kid that God had put me in the, you know, to have a divine appointment with. When I look back on my own life and I see what did I do in a way that I did follow God's call of being salt and light, one of the foolish expressions of that will be because I honestly made an investment to be a person who stood by when a student felt like there was nobody standing next to them. That's why we do what we do. One word can move a kid in the right direction. One glance one look, whatever it is, it's just cultivating those opportunities. It has a track record already, and it continues to give an incredible sense of identity, support, and encouragement to young people who are all seeking that. And I feel that if we spread more word about that, um, we'll have so much change and progress in our society. Without mentors, there is no mentor for change. And so we're looking for working professional mentors and funding partners, donors, and sponsors to donate on a monthly basis because the majority of our budget goes towards college scholarships. And if this is a program that you want to replicate in your community, we're more than willing to collaborate and provide training if that's needed and just come alongside them. If I could reach out to every kid out there who feels like there's no way forward, I would say that so long as you have breath, there's possibility. And that you have capabilities that you can share with the world. There is nothing that has happened up until this point that is gonna disqualify you from being able to pursue a dream. We are here looking for you, looking for you and uh, to help you become that force for good in this world. Uh, and we wanna say that we are excited. We're excited to meet you. Could we uh, go to the next slide, please? Grammarly. <clears throat> Ooh, kind of hard to see. Um, so 41% uh, of uh, adults in Lincoln Heights do not have a high school degree. 33% uh, in El Sereno uh, adults do not have a high school degree. Um, and 23%, uh, I think, in, uh, in Highland Park do not have a high school degree, while the, the United States national average is 12%. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that, that's the reason why we do this, is because we wanna close that gap, and we wanna give the youth of the next generation an opportunity to thrive in this beautiful country and to grow, you know, not only financial, financially, economically, sociologically, but also uh, in their relationship with God. 
And so these are the kids uh, that we've recruited this year. Maybe that's a, a, a clearer picture. Um, but I'm not going to go through each one. <laughs> uh, but we, we have, uh, there's 11 listed here, uh, but we, or 10, but we actually have uh, 15. Uh, but uh, if you're interested, please come on by to the back. Um, my wife will be there as well as uh, one of our board members, Julius Son. He's right back there in the cry room. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's one of our amazing board members. Uh, so if you guys want to ask any questions, you can come up to either myself, uh, Esther, or, or Julius, and we'll be available to chat with you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Um, I was just really encouraged by just what God had put on his heart to establish this and just what God is doing through that. So if you feel led, if you feel like God is tugging on your heart to, to do that, I wanted to encourage you to take a step, at least find out more information. So uh, like you said, there, in the lobby there, there's a, there'll be a table set out there. You can, you can ask questions, so find out some more details about how to uh, be involved, how to support. Uh, there's various different ways of how you can kind of support and encourage. But have this be an opportunity for us to be able to give. So I love these, whether it's uh, the SGV kind of meal packing and, and doing that, or Mentor for Change, I think it's a practical way for us to live out our faith, right? Practical way for us to live out our faith. So uh, why don't we pray as we close? So Father, we want to thank you for being the ultimate mentor and discipler. Uh, you do that for us on a daily basis. You teach us. Holy Spirit, you guide us and you lead us and you direct us and you show us things that we don't know and we don't have the opportunity to know. Only you know and you communicate that with us and you generously pour out yourself to us. So I pray that as we receive from you that we want to pour out to others too, especially those in the next generation, those coming before, uh, after us, that they would be and become all that you call them to be. And so I pray that you would give us uh, courage and strength uh, to be able to respond to you when you call us, Lord. Thanks, in Jesus' name, amen.